0: in my life. Yeah, yeah. Shehazarta biyi biyi ma
2: i call not
3: stand here all alone, how long am I to wait for all my church?
4: Come and stand beside my stones to raise your.
5: na 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 na-nai Hinei ma-toi v'o na 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 achim gam
0: So
1: JM and the Am. There we go. JM and the Am Tuesday with um some amazing selections off the uh, album A comes It's in the Rain, Donnie Gross and Company here at JM the Am. Of course, Regesh and Modani open things up. It's Tuesday on this May 7th, the 2nd of ER, the year 5779. Tough I, and Tess. Today is day number 17 in the counting of the Omer. Today is day number 17. And the counting of the Omer, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so uh, sometime today. 54 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high temperature of 66. Showers early tonight, a low 55. And tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature 65 degrees. Yushalayim at 64, we're at 54 here in New York City. As we uh, continue with our of format here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow, Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day. Thursday, Yom HaTzmood, Israel Independence Day. We're in the midst of our uh, spring fundraiser. We're hoping everybody during this uh, month of May helps us out. Uh, If if you've gotten the the, uh, envelope with the beautiful Nahum Single Network gifts in the mail, please return that with as generous a donation as possible. If you want to just support us and keep us going and uh, help us provide this type of programming every single day of the year, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Uh, Give generously and we thank you very, very much. Uh, It is with uh, profound sadness that we report and announce in the passing of Dr. Vivian B. Mann, um, Dr. Mann, the mother of our very own, beloved, dedicated staff member, Miriam L. Wallach. Um, Dr. Mann passed away yesterday morning, and um, we extend condolences, of course, to the uh, to the man and Wallach and Eisenberg and all the extended family uh, on her passing. The funeral takes place today at the Plaza Funeral Home, which is at 630 Amsterdam Avenue in New York City, beginning at 1230. And the Kvura of the Burial will be at the Baron Hirsch Cemetery in Staten Island, New York. So again, those who would like to uh, attend and pay uh, tribute and respects to uh, Dr. Vivian Mann and uh, be there for our very own Miriam L. Wallach and her brothers, uh, and her family. The uh, address is uh, 630 Amsterdam Avenue in New York City, beginning at 12.30 p.m. at the Plaza Funeral Home. And the Shiva details, of course, are out. If you uh, if you uh, are in need of any of them, you could certainly contact us here, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com, Yoni at NahumSiegel.com, and we will um, react accordingly. Um... So you can imagine, because we've been working with Miriam now for, uh, I guess, close to eight years at this point, Uh, so you can imagine we've met Dr. Mann on many occasions, and we have always been fascinated by her expertise and um, her incredible acumen in the field of of, uh, Jewish art and culture. Uh, anybody familiar with any museum, and certainly any museum that has f- have ha- that has had anything to do with an exhibit on Jewish history and culture, or that um, or that has you know Jewish themes dominating their their regular schedule, like the Israel Museum, Jewish Museum, etc., you're very very familiar with the work of Dr. Vivian Mann described as a teacher, scholar, friend who brought enlightenment, creativity, and deep respect for tradition to the study and appreciation of Jewish art and culture. But I say this because those of us who've known her and have met her and have spoken to her over the last few years always got the impression, rightfully so, that we were speaking to a a brilliant woman who was uh, not only educated uh, herself, but uh, who had had a profound effect on many others in this unique field uh but then now as uh as word uh, continues to spread of her passing more and more from so many different angles and different people come out comes out uh, regarding her expertise and her uh unique abilities in this field and it's really remarkable so um so Miriam and her family of course have lost uh, a mother and somebody that uh, is dear to them quite obviously. Uh but the Jewish world has lost somebody of great significance. And sometimes you don't realize that uh as you uh as you interact with them uh, during their lifetime you don't realize just how significant the contribution they've made. And uh, frankly it's uh it's been amazing seeing the reaction and finding out just what kind of impact she has had on the Jewish world. So that is the, um, those are the details. Again, the funeral taking place, uh, 1230 today, Amsterdam Avenue, New York City, the burial in Staten Island. And our condolences, of course, to the entire family. And quite obviously, uh, you won't be hearing from Miriam on these airwaves until uh, sometime next week, uh, when she, um, uh, conclude Shiva and uh, is back here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. Uh, JM in the AM on this Tuesday. Plenty coming up. Dr. Faye Zakheim and uh, Dr. Joel Rosenstein are expected in. We've got a big, big announcement regarding programming here at the Nahum Siegel Network that they are going to help us with uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff we're going to be doing. Plus Yom Zikaron tomorrow, Yom Atzmaut, Israel 71 on Thursday. Boy, oh boy, do we have an even during a Sphera week, we have an amazing week. Make sure to keep it here always on the Na'aman Siegel Network and with us here at our flagship show, J.M. and the A.M.
0: No matter what comes down my way, today's gonna be a good day. No matter what comes down my way, cause I've got something burning inside. and I've already made up my mind. Today's gonna be a good day, no matter what comes down my way. Today's gonna be a good day, no matter what comes down my way. Cause I've got something burning inside. Sunshine clears the clouds away. Today's the day I'm gonna say, You keep tomorrow, I'll take today. Today's the day I'm a okay. Sunshine clears the clouds away. Today's the day I'm gonna pray. To keep on singing as the music plays. Oh, oh, oh. En third time the summer plans, the day is the dayよし O we did the night is cold for my Georgian el pacific and is the same day En See, the my heart be sorry. Be say, I am, say, I'm a the So my heart, qualies, Today's the day I'm a-okay Sunshine clears the clouds away Today's the day I'm gonna say You keep tomorrow, I'll take today Today's the day I'm a-okay Sunshine clears the clouds away Today's the day I'm gonna pray To keep on singing as the music plays oh It's so Adir who you never beto, gave so Bim, heira, bim, heira, bim, heira, bim, heira, bim heira. Me called Sarota. Oh, Horsia-
6: Vam, <laughs> vam, la leve de avo veia guia veisha ma
0: Behapstical, as i don't let my shaman in as I'm I I to What did you say? I said, I'm so to No rhyme who I the to the 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 heart we
1: The Acapella Selections of 613 at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listener sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at Nahum on the Nahum Single Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Tuesday morning broadcast on this day 17 in the counting of the Omer. Two weeks and three days. You forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. It's day 17 in the Counting of the Omer. We will have our Yeshiva League sports update coming up about 20 minutes from now right here with Elliot Weiselberg here at JM in the AM. So get ready for that, plus a full day as you would expect here at the Nahum Segal Network. Um, Tomorrow is Yom HaZikaron Memorial Day in the state of Israel. Thursday is Yom Ha'atzmood as we celebrate Israel's 71. Make sure to be with us everybody, you don't want to miss Israel 71 that's for sure. We announced earlier with uh, sadness the passing of Dr. Vivian Mann, in addition to all of her amazing accomplishments in the field of uh, of art, Jewish culture, education, etc., etc., and the list does go on and on. Uh, for us, she's the mother of our very own Miriam al Wallach. Our uh, condolences, of course, to the extended family from all of us here at JM in the AM. The funeral taking place today at 1230 in uh, New York City uh, at the uh, Plaza Funeral Home at 630 Amsterdam Avenue in New York. And uh, our condolences again to the entire family. We have just lost our feed from Israel, which is so unusual, frankly, the way that works sometimes. So we will go past the 7 o'clock break and continue with more in our Sphere of Format Tuesday at AM with 54 degrees. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, and a high of 66. It's 64 right now in New am 54 here in New York City. As we continue on a um, on a uh, Tuesday morning with AKA Pella at JM in the AM.
0: call you as I'm no we ever see far Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. we be ain't she the harp be Rashis gracious bin the saxless finlow house we have missed Nosco Sibio Macro, Bio Macro. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Yado, I kidrughi, oh, a sea shall as i As i may As I'm a grow. As i may grow.
2: She yeah, made
0: Yeah Oh
1: J.M. in the A.M. Sphira format Tuesday with uh, Tzvi Silberstein and Avraham, a.k.a. Pelo before that with Ani Mamen, Eitz Chaim, and, and Adon Tuesday morning, day 17 in the counting of the Omer. Two weeks and three days. Thanks for tuning in to J.M. in the A.M. Reminder, tomorrow is Yom HaZikaron, Israel Memorial Day. Reminder, Thursday is Yom HaTzmood. Celebrate Israel 71 with us. Want to thank those who've been donating at fjbunity.org. Again fjbunity.org. Uh, thanks to those who've gone to that site and have donated here at JM and the AM. It's much appreciated. Um, as our spring fundraiser is now in full swing, we've got a full swing spring fundraiser. Uh, Elliot Weiselberg is next. Our Yeshiva League sports update. That's right, Tuesdays at seven twenty. Yeshiva League sports update here, exclusively on JM in the AM.
7: Thanks, Nachum. With Pesach out of the way, we have now entered May and are on the precipice of the 2018-2019 Spring Playoffs. Straight ahead on the Tuesday morning J.M. and the AM Sports Update, we present soccer and volleyball that are at or near the postseason and will set you up for the 2019 Martin Weiselberg Memorial Hockey Tournament. All that and more coming right up. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weiselberg. We'll start off with our four soccer leagues, which have drawn to a close as of last night's action. In boys varsity, all three divisions have been squared away, with DRS, MTA, and Frisch taking home the crowns. The entirety of the bracket is set, but only two of the four games are scheduled, as Hank will travel to TABC tonight in the 4-5 contest, and Frisch will host Flapbush in the 1-8 game. DRS, MTA, Heschel, and JEC will schedule their playoff games over the next few days, and by next week, we should have you all set for the semifinals. The varsity girls soccer bracket is all set. Tomorrow night, Ramaz will face North Shore, and Kushner will host SKA at a set-up one semifinal. The other half of the bracket will see Maya Note host Frisch on the 12th, and SAR and Central will face off at a date to be determined. Boys JV Soccer is almost ready for its playoffs. TRS and TABC have earned buys, and one will await the winner of the third division champion Westchester as they take on YDE tomorrow night, while the other will await Frisch and North Shore, who will square off over the next week, location to be determined. Finally, in girls JV Soccer, second seed Maya Note and third seed Frisch will square off tonight, while top seed SAR will host North Shore on Sunday to set up their championship. Moving over to Boys Volleyball, where the East standings are locked. North Shore, Solomon Schechter, DRS, and Ramaz finish one through four. Out west, Flapush has won two games in the last two nights, but will need one win in one of its last two games tonight against May or Thursday night against Frisch in order to wrap up the division. Either way, Flapush and Frisch will finish no worse than one and two, while SAR and YDE will battle tonight with the winner taking third and the loser taking fourth. Although the boys' hockey season has been over for two months, we are still not done with the junior high hockey year. On Sunday, May 19th, the 14th annual Martin Weisleberg Memorial Hockey Tournament will take place in Yeshiva Torah in Belrose, Queens. The tournament will run from 9.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. featuring eight metropolitan area junior high teams, Halb Hartora, Hank, YNJ, Yavna, YCQ, Kushner, and Hafter. Once again, the tournament will act as a fundraiser for Hatsala, with a goal of $10,000 and will feature its famous hockey memorabilia raffle. To purchase raffle tickets for one of our amazing prizes or for more information, please visit www.mwtournament.com. To sponsor or donate, please email mwtournament at gmail.com and that was your Tuesday morning jam in the AM sports update I'm Elliot Weiselberg
1: Jam in the a.m. Tuesday morning, day 17 in the uh, counting of the Omer. Uh, If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. I want to thank those who have been donating at fjbunity.org. Our spring fundraiser is in full swing, as they say. And um, many of you have received the uh, free gift that we sent out in the mail with the mailing. And I hope you enjoy those. Uh, also, uh, many of you have been responding by going to the website, fjbunity.org, and participating in that way in our fundraiser, which is very, very much appreciated. Support JM JMNAM and, and keep us going for another year. Go to fjbunity.org and uh, make yourselves count uh, in terms of our support in this period of Sfirat Omer. Um... It is with sadness that we uh, inform the community of the passing of uh, Dr. Vivian Mann, described by the Yeshiva University Museum as a teacher, scholar, and friend who brought enlightenment, creativity, and deep respect for tradition to the study and appreciation of Jewish art and culture. And as we said earlier, that is uh, that is even an understatement um, regarding her brilliant career. Today, The and, and she is for, for NSN, um, uh, listeners, uh, she is the, uh, mother, uh, Dr. Mann is the mother of Miriam L. Wallach and, uh, to Miriam and her brothers and the entire extended family, we of course extend our condolences. The funeral takes place today at the Plaza Funeral Home, 630 Amsterdam Avenue in New York City, beginning at 1230 PM. Shiva to follow any information you may need. You could email us, yoni at nahumsegal.com, yoni at nahumsegal.com. Be more than happy to provide information uh, in terms of uh, Shiva, etc. Um, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words: are of Zeven of Levi Esther of Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk.
8: Good morning. We learn that Zrubabel did not call himself Eved. Hakadosh Baruch Hu called him Eved. What great merit did he have to get this name Eved from Hashem? The Ton of Develio says that Hashem was sitting among its hosts. Zerubovel was standing there and Hashem revealed to him the Tamea Torah. The Talmud in Sanhedrin tells us Zerubovel was born in Bavel. He lived the life of our He had it all. He had Avodim, he had servants, and he also had a very great influence on his generation, both Jews and the nations alike. Zrubabel was considered to be one of those that reigned over Babel. He was allowed to wear the special clothes of the malchus of the kingdom. It tells us how distinguished he was. What was the great Ashpa? He succeeded in convincing the people to leave Babel and to go to Eretz Yisrael. Something that Ezra HaSoyfer, the Chochm of the generation, was not able to do. It wasn't easy for Zerub Havel. He had to leave behind all his riches, all of his honor, and join Bnei Hagayla, join the exile, even though there were those who would make fun of him and try to interfere. It says, there were many Jews who didn't want to go, and they were maushing him. They slandered him before the king. Where did Zerubbabel get this great power from? Hashem showed Zechariah Novi, the menorah, to focus on. How did this menorah illuminate the world with oil that burns and gets depleted? This is to give us the idea that a Dovr something of holiness, needs Mesir as It has to have self-sacrifice. Zerubbabel left behind the life of riches and satisfaction, his rule, his authority, in order to light up the lives of the Jews who would go to Eretz Yisrael. This was the world of Zerubbabel. When the oil is used to light the menorah, the oil gets depleted. Hashem showed him clearly how he could best achieve for B'nai Yisrael by using of his kochos by his talents and powers that Hashem gave him from Shemayim. May we follow suit and use all that we have, our talents and our kochos, in the service of Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
0: It's called the I'm going <Naruto>
1: Jam in the AM Tuesday on this day 17 in the counting of the Omer. Two weeks and three days. We got the count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Uh, well, this coming uh, Sunday night, this coming Sunday night, the 12th of May, it's the 2019 Hatzalah dinner event entitled The Language of Life for the Chevra um, Hatzalah of the Rockaways in Nassau County. It happens at the Sands on Atlantic Beach. This coming Sunday night, everybody, especially those, obviously, who live in that area and are beneficiaries of Hatzalah on a regular basis, everybody is encouraged to attend and give as generously as possible. Shlomo Katz is with us live via telephone. He is one of the dinner chairs for this coming Sunday night, and he is a uh, senior paramedic for Hatsala. Shlomo Katz, welcome to JM in
9: the AM. Good morning, Reb Thank you for having me.
1: A pleasure to have you on. I I read some of the statistics, and uh, some of us may not realize just how large a community Hatzala out in the Rockaways-Nassau County area serves. In addition to the commitment that you and your colleagues have made, like all Hatzala members have made, to be available 24 hours a day and seven days a week, I did not realize that you have 10 ambulances that respond to over 6,000 calls every single year, and I'm sure from your vantage point you could tell the community that 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 is quite a commitment.
9: It truly is incredible. It's not a scientific study, but we believe that the RL, Rockaway-Lawrence-Hatzala, which has expanded to Rockaway-Nassau-Hatzala, is the largest geographical location of any neighborhoods that Hatzala serves. Uh, We're responsible to respond to the cries of help from our brothers and sisters anywhere from Bell Harbor, um, to North Woodmere, all of the five towns in Wood it has exploded, and it's just a beautiful, growing community. We're there all the time, Atlantic Beach. And, of course, now we're in West Hempstead on a regular basis. We have many members that live in West Hempstead, and we have an ambulance base there. So our 10 ambulances are busy.
1: You know, I never thought of this. I know that there are difficulties and there are uh, challenges when you have densely populated jewish areas and anybody who's familiar with you know heavily jewish neighborhoods knows exactly what i mean it's sometimes difficult for those ambulances to get through on the streets because of the uh because of how packed they are uh with people vehicles etc you have a different type of challenge and that is that you're a large geographic area and there could be uh it it could be challenging to to get people there on the spot to get paramedics where they need to go as soon as possible and it, it it has to be a real strategic challenge to to plant those ambulances, so to speak, and members uh, in the different Jewish communities in that area.
9: It is, and it's something that we work on constantly, and we station our ambulances appropriately. As you know, we opened up a brand-new garage uh, as a base of operations in Woodmere so that we could have a better response time, not for the members. The member response time is just incredible, right. something that agencies all over the world are jealous of, Hatzalah, But our ambulances are now stationed in Woodmere and in Farakway and in West Hempstead, and in Bell Harbor, uh, so that our ambulances are there to back up the members and we can transport immediately. You know, it's the mailman's credo that neither rain nor sleet will keep him from his appointed duties. Right. Uh, I think it was not this past winter, but the winter before, where I didn't get mail delivery because of the weather. Hatzalah <laughs> responds to every single call, and every the, single call. And in the history of Hatzala, we've never said, mm, sorry, we'll be there tomorrow. We get there, we get there timely, we get there with the greatest EMTs, paramedics and doctors in the world caring knowledgeable, experienced, trained and we get there fastest.
1: Tell me a drop more about the the members in your specific region. I would guess every time the community expands and you mentioned West Hempstead and Inwood and you know the growth of certain areas that are under your jurisdiction. I guess every time it expands you're looking to make sure that there's enough members in that area. Uh, just to respond on a regular basis? Because you, you can't depend on one or two people. You need a, you need a group to be able to make a commitment uh, in, in order for there to be a good response time.
9: You know, I'm sitting there with a huge smile on my face. Hatzala, in general and specifically in Rockway and Nassau, has bloomed and blossomed. I remember I was in sixth grade in Darche Torah. That's a whole lot of years ago when the first class was being given. right? Bender was the founder of Hatzala and Flatbush, and when he moved to Rockway. He got involved in creating Hatsala here, and I was just a little kid watching these guys, my heroes, come in. And the first EMT course took place on Sundays, and members of the community were there being trained. Um, and it's grown and grown. It grew from a mom and pop organization to a, to a multinational corporation. We're in all these different neighborhoods, and this year we took in 14 new members. Wow! And that that's incredible. 14 new members, we figured out to put an EMT into play and put a paramedic on the street. An EMT is $19,000 to get trained and outfitted and insured, $19,000. A paramedic is $55,000. And we put 10 EMTs into play. We put four paramedics on the street to respond to the new neighborhoods, to the larger location that we're responding to, 6,000 times a year. The expenses are staggering, but we never hesitate.
1: That cell is available 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, every day of the year. Shlomo Katz is with us. He's dinner chair for this coming Sunday night. Senior paramedic with Atzala. Before we talk about Sunday night's event, uh, uh, you can definitively say to this audience that in order to fund a Nassau County garage, a Far Rockaway garage, state-of-the-art ambulances, equipment, medication, training, it costs a lot of money.
9: It, It does. And emergency medicine is moving at a rapid clip today. Uh, equipment that we, was not available to us 10 years ago and even five years ago is now something that we insist on having. And it's been the credo of our local Otsala. We don't care what it costs. We're not sure how we're going to pay for it, but it's going to be something that we have, and then we'll figure it out afterwards. If we take on the responsibility to respond to someone's house when they're at their worst, then we must be equipped best, and then we'll figure out how we're going to pay for it. So we were. We were the first ambulance service that every single member that was trained to use it had an IO drill. Uh, our, our cardiac monitors are the best, cutting-edge LifePack, life, excuse me, LifePack 15s that New York City EMS decided they couldn't afford, but we bought them, and they save lives. I've personally witnessed lives saved with the Life Pack 15 that could not have been saved with other equipment.
1: Amazing. All right. The event this Sunday is at the Sands uh, in Atlantic Beach. It's called the Language of Life. You're asking everybody, not just members. You're asking every family that, is, uh, th- that are the beneficiaries that are in those neighborhoods, all the long list of neighborhoods that you mentioned, to come out to, to support Hot to whatever degree they can and to enjoy the event this coming Sunday night. What details can you give us about the Sands this coming Sunday?
9: Well, the first details, we want to thank everybody that comes. It's a fabulously well-attended event, and it gets larger every year as well it should. Uh, if we respond to 6,000 calls a year, just figure there are two people, the patient and a family member involved, that's 12,000 people. Uh, we do get well over 1,000 guests at the dinner, but we're looking for more people to come. And we build it as a barbecue because we want people to become, it's a casual, relaxed atmosphere. It's a time for the members to see the people and the people to see the members there our friends from Shoal and our neighbors across the street, and we just want everybody to get together and have a nice time and, of course, support and fund that's uh, Through the graciousness of the Lawrence Yacht Club, we will be using their, I'm sorry, the Lawrence Beach Club, we'll be using their parking lot as well as Overflow, so there'll be plenty of parking. It's a 6.30 start time. 7.45 is the shortest program you can imagine. Again, we just want everybody to come out have a good time and go back and mention to their neighbors that, If you don't pay your electric bill, you don't pay your gas bill, they shut you down. Hatsala always responds, but it's really great when uh, it's easier to fund than harder to fund.
1: All right, HatsalaRL.org. HatsalaRL.org. Click on the banner at the top. All the details are there regarding the dinner. There are major sponsorships. There are smaller sponsorships, but everybody should participate in whatever way possible and make your reservation for Sunday night's event. Enjoy the barbecue. Enjoy being with the members and giving them a big thank you for all they do the community at large, Hatsala is uh, hosting the Language of Life, a dinner event barbecue at the Sands of Atlantic Beach, is coming Sunday night. Go to HatsalaRL dot org and uh, get your reservations in today. Shlomo Katz, to you and all the members, Kolakavod. Thanks so much for joining us, and good luck Sunday night. Thank you, Nachum.
9: If I have a moment for a personal, on behalf of Hatsala, uh, we, the membership of the R.L. and the dinner committee. We'd like to offer Necham Avelim to Miriam and Stephen Wallach on the loss of Miriam's mother yesterday. 100%. Uh, Stephen is a crucial key piece of the dinner team and a member for many, many years, and it's just hard to watch them go through this challenging time.
1: Dedicated people to the Jewish world, and certainly uh, their mother, uh, Dr. Vivian Mann, will be missed. And uh, as we said earlier, uh, that funeral takes place this afternoon. Shlomo, kolakavu to you, and enjoy Sunday night. I hope it's a great success.
9: Thank you, Nacham. I'd be happy to see you there.
1: Bezrat Hashem. I appreciate that. Looking Two, forward. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much.
9: Tuesday morning
1: broadcast at JM in
10: the
0: oh AM
10: puri kai
0: ele kai uri hoye
10: ele kai ele kai Ta, ihre Brüder, es ist ja als sollt wissen. Als der Heilige Waschenthof ist geworden, ein Jusim fin santaten Wenn er is gewesen, ein Kind von fünf, fünf, fünf Jahren alt. In einer von der letzten Sachen, wo Sanktaten gesucht geso, ist gewesen, Fasen, tieren. Er hat dem Zieg riefen gesucht, man Ta, ihr ist Sollst du wissen, als mein Tag sehne gezeilte. Aber sollst du wissen, als er fülle, wenn ich bin, ich du, hast du nach Tat in Himmel, man die kennst, eibig sich durchreden, im Beten, wo es dein Herz wird begehren. In Azoi hat der Heilige Waschämt aufgeteilt, in Ausgeladen, Sanatem, Idem, Fahdohire, Döres. Als wenn immer einer hat Zahra der Agnes Nefisch, En hij wil geholfen werden en zal lucht ausredden zijn hart zijn taten in hem hoog. In de vader lamres rijden bieten, ko jacht,
0: kojacht o jach. Lavo iedere zij
10: Gay shed, Armioy Gay shirtzar me oi, Gay shirtzar me oi. Kaloy lamkin loi,
0: The high car, the high car, the high car, the high car, So
1: In the AM, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world and the web, and on the web at on the Single Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. A reminder, tomorrow is a Yom HaZikaron Israel Memorial Day. Make sure to spend it with us between 6 and 9. On Thursday, we celebrate Yom HaTzimut. On Thursday, we celebrate um, Israel Independence Day. Israel's 71 together between 6 and 9 a.m. on Thursday morning. Make sure to be tuned in. Listener Ralph is on the app, says greetings from Ben Yehuda. He's at the market in Jerusalem, as uh, we wish we would be on this Yom Ha'atzmood week. I got reports from a bunch of people how decorated Israel is and flags and signs and banners commemorating the 71st birthday of the state of Israel. We get to celebrate this coming Thursday morning. A reminder... Uh, the Staten Island Division of Israel Bonds uh and Kojo of Staten Island have a Yomatsmut celebration um featuring Sergeant Benjamin Anthony, founder of our Soldiers Speak. He's been a guest of ours here on JM and the AM. It's happening this coming Thursday night at 730 p.m. at the Young Israel of Staten Island on Forest Hill Road in Staten Island. For information, you can contact um uh, Robert Lunzer at the Bonds office at 212 446 Five eight three five. The Yeshiva of Flatbush has announced a new and unique celebration of Yom Ha'atzmood on Wednesday night, tomorrow evening at the Yeshiva of Flatbush. They will be uh, featuring Rabbi Joseph Beda, principal of the Joel Braverman High School, on the topic of what we can learn from dry bones. Rabbi Yael uh, Tsaidi, uh, head of the elementary school, will speak on the spiritual significance of Yom Ha'atzmood. There will be interactive games entitled Getting to Know Israel, a special IDF program including an IDF boot camp for children, and then Tvilat Arvit Chagigit, plus a choir presentation and more starting at 8 p.m. on Wednesday night. Yeshiva Flopbush with a unique celebration of Yom Mu'ut. Make sure to be there and participate. And you know where we are uh, going to be tomorrow night, and we hope uh, others will follow us. We'll be at the Mizrahi, Apollo Mizrahi, here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan at 249 East Broadway, at 8 p.m., Tfilat Darvit Beruach Chagigit. And, of course, right after, Rabbi Menachem Liebteg. He will be here from Israel. He is a brilliant uh, Tanakh lecturer, uh, an amazing speaker, and we have the opportunity to hear him tomorrow night. I hope that everybody comes from far and wide to hear Rabbi Liebtag, whose reputation precedes him. Again, 8 o'clock for Tfilat. Right afterwards, Rabbi Menachem Liebtag at the Mizrahi, a pole of Mizrahi of the Lower East Side. That is happening at 249 East Broadway, right here in this neighborhood. And again, I hope you have an opportunity to come by and enjoy an incredible lecture. Five minutes after 8 o'clock, plenty more coming up on this day 17 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. This is JM in the A.M. A.M. in the A.M. on this Tuesday morning. I mentioned earlier that both Dr. Uh, Feige Zakheim and do- Dr. Joel Rosenshine would be here to help us introduce a brand new segment that actually starts on the Nahum Signal Network at 10 a.m. this morning. And we will do that. And we're also going to speak about a special event every time Fagi's here. She has another special event to discuss with us, which we will get to as well. And with all of this in mind, uh, oh, and we also have to wish a Mazel Tov because uh, Dr. Zakheim has just become an associate professor at uh, New York University, in uh, just a just a few blocks away from here. Excuse from me, Russia? I'm sorry, was in I...
11: Russia, for a, a weekend of professoring in Russia.
1: Moscow. Well, that that's that's an old story. This this new story is a development as of yesterday, when she was appointed to this uh, you're, appointed you're
12: both embarrassing appointed
1: right? elected. How do we say it? How do you, how does that how does it work? Promoted promoted. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so congratulations on that. Thank you very much. And uh, and welcome and good morning to both Dr. Zockheim and Dr. Rosenstein. Good morning. Good morning
13: huh?
5: Does Dr.
1: Rosenstein seem a drop? I don't know, a drop? Is, it, is it tension? Like, what, what's going on here? With well, listen, the,
11: there's a lot of tension. Why don't you move toward the microphone? We're we with go. so many different topics. United Task Force is one topic. People don't even know what we've done, how many years, why it was created. But more importantly is what we're doing now for the Holocaust victims with funding from New York City. But let me tell you about the United Task Force. Yeah. It started... 30 years ago, 32 years ago, when a woman in Borough Park was taking care of her son on Yom Kippur because the husband had to go to shul, knowing full well that his wife could not handle the retarded child. And she threw him down a flight of stairs, and he died. Mamish? Mamish. And he was handled by a very fine organization, and uh, headed by Lester Kaufman, oh hell, at that time. I
1: remember Lester.
11: And I and Rabbi Kaufman, who was my associate at Mishka, and I was the director of Mishka right. at that time, said we must organize people from the mental health about abuse. Here's abuse not in the classroom, not by a child, but, but by a home. mother and a father who allowed this to happen. Why did you allow this to happen? And that was the beginning of the United Task Force. Dr. Zakheim has been the president uh, how many years?
12: Can I just say good morning?
1: <laughs> <laughs> good, good,
11: good morning. I mean, my gosh, he,
1: Hi. he hit us over the head with that story. I'll tell How you many years were you? Are you the president?
12: Since you have put me in there in the year two thousand.
1: Ever since you demanded that, that she become president, but exactly.
11: well, we needed a woman co-president. Actually, she's co-president with Dr. Bieberfeld and has been since she became that, because I said if we're going to deal with abuse, women have to
1: Dr. Be- Rosenshine revealing the the backstory of the, the behind-the-scenes, if you will, of the Can task force here like on the air. That was year. the
12: first time in the year 1991 that somebody acknowledged child abuse. It's been going on forever. But the beauty of it is that I think five agencies got together in 1991, way before you and I, Nachum, were even born, right? Yeah. In 1991, <laughs> they got together because they realized that This was something that couldn't be left under the carpet and cannot be a secret anymore, that there were situations where there were mothers or fathers that maybe were abusing or neglecting their children. And the beauty of the task force is that with those five agencies, since then, we now have probably over 45 agencies, all not embarrassed, no stigma, right. sitting around once every six weeks. As, you, as you've seen, right. Nahum, because you were there for one of our meetings, all of these 45 agencies come together every six weeks to talk about the issues that are going on in our in our firm community. So
1: this is why the task force originally was called for families and children at risk, right? That is because why. Of because, this, because of this, because literally families and tell. children were at risk. Oh, yes, and that continues, but obviously now it's the United Testament. It's gotten so large, it's it's now well, A known. lot
11: of training, a lot of training, to showing parents they're not alone. Parents always feel that they're alone. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, Reb but years ago, you know where all the handicapped children used to go? St. Mary's in Albany. Right. And we can go back and say— And it's not that long ago. You no, know, not that long ago that, Ohel oh Mishkan— we, I and Rabbi Rimm, Kaufman actually, Women's League, Women's League, versus woman yes, we should mention this woman. we went to visit a certain Rebbe who was telling people to put their kids with anybody, and they landed up being Geshmad. If you don't know what Geshmad means, yeah. Nachem, you'll translate it for me.
1: Well, they, were, they were ended up being a non-Jewish they, family. They,
11: they put, no, they sprinkled them with holy water, they right. went through the whole thing. I'm saying. Yeah. And we I went trying to, v- to be a little bit... <laughs> we, went to, we went to visit that Rebbe. <laughs> a little bit more subtle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to visit that My Rebbe. My specialty is subtle. <laughs> Dr. Rosenstein's specialty is not. Being Listen, Dr. Rosenstein says it as it <laughs> is. You, you know that, Nachum. We that don't again. play games. Could say say that thank again. God that Rebbe stopped doing it. And today, thank God, the Hasidische world and many other parts of the world, we have so many beautiful agencies today. But the task force covers many other things. We deal with sister. The sister is a member, dealing with people who are Almanis or Gerushim, a uh, wonderful organization. And we have 40 organizations, which we, we, we can share some of them with you if you'd like. Achiezer, um, Agudus Yisrael of America, Amudim, dealing with the uh, problem today with the drugs, Borough Park Jewish Community Council, High Lifeline, Hemed Health Center in uh, Lakewood, Kojoa Flatbush, Counterforce, Crown Heights, Jewish Community Council, From Divorce, Guardians of the Sick, Pikacholim Hask, Matsala, Interborough Development and Consultation Center. Uh, Leon, who built it, was a classmate of mine in Colombia. Um, Mask, Madregos, Margain, New York, McCord Disability Services, Met Council, My Extended Family, National Council of Young Israel, Nefesh International, Ohel Children's Home, Orthodox Union, Our Place, Pesach Tikva, Borough Park, Williamsburg, Project Sarah, Petach. Belief Resources, Sephardic, Cholim, Shalom, Tesho, Sister to Sister, Sofri, Helpline, the Jewish Board of Family Jewish of Children's Services, Torah, Masora, Turo, and Yeled Vialda. Wow. A big list.
1: It's a lot.
12: What a list. Isn't that beautiful? It is
1: unbelievable. And no, and, and, and everyone has, them. every one of these groups has their specialty. Every one of them has their, you know, their expertise.
12: Do you want to something really nice also? that besides every one of these groups having a specialty there's four that would mean there's 45 specialties right. a lot of them have the same specialty whereas but you would think oh maybe they would argue with each other maybe they won't get along with each other it's not like that at all they're there as comrades in arms they all work together and if you call one of the agencies and they're overfilled and they don't they're overwhelmed they will send you over to another one of the agencies there's no competition so Dr. Rosenstein always likes to say that we are the picture of what Shalom Bias is supposed to be about. Right. It's not about one of us being the best. It's about all of us If being you're
1: promoting biased. peace in the Jewish community, you have to exhibit peace. And and you and your colleagues do that. And you, you were said, there. And as, you saw it. Right. You
12: saw it. You saw how beautiful it is. Under we,
1: the, we, the we, name of the United Task Force. Yeah. All right, Dr. Feige Zakheim and Dr. Joel Rosenstein are here. Let's start with this. Let's start with I'm recovering. I'm recovering from doctor's yes, Exactly. Good
12: morning, Nachum. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to be invited over here. I introduced
11: Nachum at the meeting when he came to our meeting. I said as following: Nachum Siegel. I'm not. He has some good music sometimes. Some of the music is too modern for me, but I, 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 I deal with it. Uh, he does many other things that are great. But the greatest thing is his United trying to unite all Jews, going to Pittsburgh, going to France, going to Eretz Yisrael. Where else, Nachum? I can't remember all the places you ran without me. You never even took me once. Been I don't a lot of why. places.
12: That's actually how we came up with the idea of saying, you know, Nachum Siegel is the person that we need to talk to. We're very fortunate because we have a lot of agencies. Did I say good morning yet? <laughs> have I had a chance?
1: <laughs> let me let me just let me. Just, I'm going to let you continue on that thought, but let me just inform the audience what's going on so they understand the context of this conversation. <laughs> At 10 o'clock on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we are adding for the next couple of months a really beautiful segment, and I say it like that because the segment is all about peace, harmony, and working with colleagues in the Jewish world. I get the chance, and, I, and it, it, I've and i seen the list, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. I get the chance to speak with leaders of all these organizations uh, and find out what they're doing and how they work together with everybody else to accomplish all that they do in the Jewish world. And on top of that, there's a special concentration, as we said earlier, on the services they provide for Holocaust survivors. They are still, especially in Brooklyn but everywhere, still a very, Precious group of people in our community, and there's and, and you you know this yeah, firsthand, the, of yes, course.
12: Yes, that's the part I wanted to talk about, sure. Nachum. So the way this all happened is that since we are a coalition of over forty agencies and a lot of a lot of government people, you know, people enjoy helping us out. Chaim Deitch approached us.
1: The city councilman in New York.
12: City councilman Chaim Deitch, who I revere and I think is the most wonderful person and really cares about our community. He gets it. He gets it. He gets it from every aspect. Right. Today he's doing a program on security in the shuls Nice. at 2 o'clock this afternoon, which nice. I really suggest that everybody go to. Oh, I'm going to yes. be there, and we really do need security in our shoes oh, based yes. on what's been going on. Sure. So Chaim Deutsch put that out, that at 2 o'clock today in front, of, in front of city council, all everybody's getting together to say that we need to have security in our shuls. Right. Okay, back to the topic. Right. So, Chaim Deutsch gave us a wonderful amount of funding, and he said, this funding needs to be used for Holocaust survivors, because we love our Holocaust survivors. We revere them, we honor them, we stand up when they walk into the room. My mother's a Holocaust survivor from Mauthausen, and many of my friends' parents are Holocaust survivors, and I look at them and I think of our community and how entitled we are, and how we need our fancy cars and our fancy houses, and they lived with nothing and they are happy, and they're so proud of us, and they're so proud of their children and grandchildren. So let's give back to them. So as soon as um, Chaim Deitch, Councilman Deitch, said, here's a funding source. It's supposed to be used for Holocaust survivors. And I know that there are programs that are doing interviews of Holocaust survivors. Homo right. Dia does a beautiful sure. job, Ruth Lichtenstein's of interviewing and archiving our Holocaust survivors. And other agencies go and they do city meals on wheels. They bring food to the Holocaust survivors. And yesterday you had the Borough Park JCC, or I think you're having them right. shortly, doing um, programs for Holocaust survivors. But who gets a chance to really go into the houses of Holocaust survivors and talk to them? They're sitting there. They're all alone. Nobody has time to come. People are running to work. Children are running to school. So maybe you see your grandmother, your great-grandmother on Shabbos. But who has time to see them in the middle of the week? Everybody's so busy. So he said, you know who sees them? You know who talks to them every single day? <laughs> What do the Holocaust survivors look forward to? They look forward to the Nachum Siegel show. Every morning, Nachum Siegel is in their house. That's their connection to the Jewish world, that they can hear Nachum Siegel and they can listen to Nachum Siegel's music. Doctor
11: And Shine, they, they listened to Nachum Leon. Siegel. Last week, Leon was here. Goldenberg was Goldenberg. Talking, about talking about Holocaust his survivors. One of the best programs I ever heard. Yeah. Leon really, Beautiful. really feels it. He knows what it's all about. But you know, Nochem, I say to myself, and I'm not picking on anybody, we spend money for everything all over the place. How many of us, whether we, parents were holocaust, mine were all wiped out, we, I had only one cousin who was saved from the holocaust, and he just passed away at 90 something plus. But they, I went to all the cities. I saw my grandfather's house in uh, in Cabrin. Uh, I went around, and you feel the blood is running all over Europe, the blood is running. I was by the Vilna Gurion with a group of people, and they came out of the cemetery, and they wanted to wash. You know, we have a minnug, we wash. Mm-hmm. If, so there was no water, so they all complained. I said, people, this is the first day of it, 10 days. Well, you don't have to wash. They said, what do you mean? you have a rabbi, don't you know we have to wash? I said, we're not leaving the cemetery. Wherever the bus goes, we are on a cemetery. Dr. The blood Shire, is I, running all over. Dr. Rosenstein,
12: let me add on. Yes, I agree with you that we have to honor those that we have lost, but let's talk about those that are alive. Let's honor them. They're here. They want to talk to us. They want to tell us their story. So the idea that Nachum Siegel is on the radio every single morning and that they could turn it on and they could turn on their little iPads and hear Nachum Siegel and they have contact with the universe out there. They can find out what's going on in Israel because of Nachum Siegel. They can have happiness. They can listen to music. They can listen to Leon Goldenberg. But they can hear what's going on in Israel, going on in Detroit, what is going on in the world. Nobody has that. Nobody, no other community has a Nachum Siegel that goes into the homes. And I will tell you right now, I already know that all these children, grandchildren, they are turning on their parents, their Holocaust survivor parents, iPads, their, t- their radios up. and regular tell phones. If they want and regular phones. What like number, dialing what, in a number, what number at ten o'clock today. Every ten o'clock every Tuesday and, and Wednesday, Wednesday at ten o'clock. That program is a Nachum Siegel program in honor and directed toward our Holocaust survivors that are living and alive and that want people to pay attention to them. They want it. My mother goes every single day to Bagels and Green. <laughs> for lunch, for lunch, yeah. She loves when people come over and say, "Oh, you're Mrs. Rand. I've heard so much about you. Tell me your story." And she sits there and she smiles, and at least she knows that she's being recognized. She she matters. She and I'm counts. sure people
1: ask her for Brochos, I'm sure because of her, her for background, she laughs. Yeah.
12: She tells them the story. You know, Joel, you just told the story about not having water. My mother's family was in the cattle cars without any water. And a woman passed out. And my grandfather, who had been collecting a little water just for Moda Ani, just for Nagelwasser, outside the window, he had water enough to give to this woman to save her life. Uh. So these are stories that we will, Baruch Hashem, never be able to tell. But we still have our Holocaust survivors here for them to tell us their stories and for us to just say... Thank you for surviving. We love seeing you. Give them a smile.
1: You thank- know, it's funny you say the thank you for surviving. And again, everybody, you'll hear this on a show called Our Community with the United Task Force beginning at 10 a.m. today. It's interesting you say that because um, uh, one of the things we forget is that, is that their survival became to such a degree the inspiration for the growth of the, our Jewish community here. If you look at some of these agencies that we're going to be speaking to, a lot of them were founded by Holocaust survivors. Absolutely. A lot of them, their early influence was people who who knew what would happen if they wouldn't get actively involved in a Jewish community, because they saw what happens when you know, or what could happen, God forbid, to the Jewish community, and that really inspired people to become leaders and to be, and then of course the, the next generation to follow their example and really grow our Jewish communities. And we're going to f- see that a lot as we discuss this t- topic with the different agencies during that show. So I,
12: I love what you're saying, Nachum, because yeah. that is really the truth. It's not just some of our agencies that are as a result of our Holocaust survivors. In truth, all right. of our agencies are as a result of the Holocaust survivors. Because if that survivors. generation
1: wouldn't have gotten involved, we would also, not be here where we are right. today. And also all these.
11: of the Torah that we see today. Correct. All of the Torah came from the, the Holocaust. The yeshivas. The rabbis who started sure. things in, the, in Europe, they started already learning Amazing how we rebuilt Torah.
1: That's why I think, and I know, believe me, I know your focus, and it's right, that it's directed toward people who are Holocaust survivors in their 80s and 90s and are tuned in. I get all that. But I think this show and some of the things we're discussing are just as important for those in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s to remember second generation and third generation that there is a debt of gratitude to those who really laid the foundation for all of this, and we need to take care of them. And by the way, on a practical level, a lot of the agents we're going to be speaking to have actual services, food programs, et cetera, for the elderly in which, in which uh, you know, the Holocaust survivors fall into that category. So we have to keep that in mind. We're going to be discussing practical things that a lot of people in certain neighborhoods, when we do the JCC of Bar Park, people are going to hear, oh my gosh, my mother or father could have that service or, you know, could take advantage of this offering from that community. That's just one example. So people should keep that in mind as well.
12: The other thing is that... A- the Jewish Heritage Museum now, it's a, it's a different topic. They're Downtown. Not, they're, they're right downtown. Right. They have now opened up, it's opening up on Wednesday tomorrow. Correct. A new program, which is um, they brought in an actual cattle car. Yeah. They brought in things from Auschwitz. 500 now, uh, exhibit
1: pieces, I think, if I'm not mistaken. beautiful.
12: The idea of a Holocaust survivor going with youngsters there and saying, I was actually in that cattle car because the, these children can't always travel to Europe, Dr. Rosenshine, the way that you're mentioning, but they can go to a museum and they could see the cattle car. They could see what what these Holocaust survive, survivor and what it's that funny word you really say means. that they
1: did this specifically for that reason. It's the first time that these artifacts have been brought overseas, been brought over the Atlantic Ocean uh, for the museum to display them. So people will see stuff that they would only see if they would have gone to Europe.
11: It's it's an amazing thing, you know. You talk about a cattle car. Slightly off the topic, please don't jump on me. But we were in uh, we were in the town of Gori, where Stalin's museum is, and there's a car there that he used to travel around in. For that, for those years, it was a very fancy car. It was really a piece of garbage compared to anything we have in the United States. But this lady was going on and on, so uh, I said to Rav Matashov uh, Salman in the he was leading the group. I said, Rebbe, let's leave here. What do we have to listen to this? She said, No, let her finish. So I turned to the lady who spoke a perfect English, and I said, by the way, how many people did Stalin kill in uh, Russia? 30 million, 50 million, how many of them were Jews? You know, we'd like to know. And she turned away and walked away. You know, Matashov said, let's leave. Now there were no lights on in all of Gori that day, because in Russia many times they shut the lights in the afternoon to save. And we went to the only shul that was left in Gori, and there were lights there. And Matashov spoke and he said, forget that car. By the Yidden is lichtik, by the Goyim is Finster, by the Jews is Light, because they had their own little transformer in the shul. So you women's a cattle car. We know, we know that our people suffered, suffered, and the Holocaust victims will never forget this. And that's why some of them still have nightmares, still wake up. Some of them are still being treated by therapists for what they went through, and the children and the grandchildren woke up hearing their grandparents or That's parents screaming. That's very interesting screaming. that you're
12: bringing that up, because I'm sure one of our agencies, or many of them, are going to talk about the idea of what the trauma is, not only for the Holocaust survivors, but that trauma to Generation, generation. 2, Generation 3. And g- genetics, epigenetics, which is a very interesting field, shows that not only is the trauma there for them on the surface— But the trauma is actually in our DNA. So, as a second generation survivor, that trauma exists in my DNA. It even exists in the DNA of my children. So, we know what it means to be a Holocaust survivor and to have this kind of trauma inside of us. And that's why, again, I want to talk about how important this show is, Nachem, and I want to talk about how grateful we are to you that you're doing a series of, what, 16 shows on the various different agencies that work at the United Task Force. Because everybody there that comes to the task force, they're coming on their volunteer time. They are impassioned about the work that they do. They are impassioned about problems of child abuse, of spousal abuse, of drug abuse, of sexual molestation, of gambling addictions. All of these are part of our community. Where it comes from, we don't know. Everybody's got their own theories of why this terrible machla is in our community, why we're having such a hard time with Shaduchim. That's part of our conversations where we do... Um, community programs on heightening awareness so that people will know what's going on and people will try to help and have different organizations to make things better and all of these organizations are part of this system of making the world a better place recognizing the problem and helping the problem not hiding the problem but talking about the problem revealing the problem
1: uh with that in mind in addition to what we're doing at 10 o'clock every tuesday and wednesday i invite everybody Tune in today at ten o'clock this morning Eastern Time. Tune in at ten o'clock. You'll 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 you will hear exactly what the three of us here are talking about. Not going to be a very long conversation each time. It'll be between fifteen and twenty minutes. But you'll have an opportunity to hear from uh, very important agencies with the work they're doing with the task force, and of course, uh, with the the history that they have with Holocaust survivors and what they're doing today for Holocaust survivors. Ten o'clock every Tuesday
12: that it might be a nice idea to recommend, to suggest to some of those mothers out there that, ha- that may have time, or fathers, whoever is still home, to run over to your Holocaust survivor grandmother or grandfather or uncle or aunt and maybe get them ready, organize them for this 10 o'clock phone call. I know I'm doing it for my mother. A
1: good idea. Uh, those of you whose, <laughs> whose older generation already has tablets and iPads, uh, it's very easy. You literally just install the Nahum Siegel Network app, and uh, you know, for them, and they could press a button, and that's the end of it. Those of you, and we have evidence of this. Boy, do we have evidence of this in the hundreds of thousands of minutes. Uh, those of you who have elderly parents who would prefer to just call a phone number and listen to what's live on the Nahum Siegel Network, you could let them know that if they either keep their phone going like they do after jamming so often, or if they just call the number. At 10 o'clock on Tuesday or 10 o'clock on Wednesday, uh, they'll be able to hear the show. And the phone number is 605-562-4400, 605-562-4400. So if you think they're not ready to press a button on their iPad or iPhone or tablet in order to listen to us, all you have to do is recommend that phone number or put the phone number in their phone for them at 605 562 Forty-four hundred, And Dr. Zakheim would say that if they're already listening at 10 o'clock every Tuesday and Wednesday, get them to listen at any point that they want, 24 hours a day, they will enjoy our programming. There's one other very... I'm I just
12: going to throw one more yeah, thing sir. in because I wanted to just give a special thank you. Although Dr. Rosenshine and I are the ones representing the task force here, right. I must give a shout out to every single agency that attends these meetings and every single agency that's on our task force. Although Dr. Rosenshine and I are here... They put in so much work, and we're going to talk about one of the programs sure. right now. Let me also just mention that we have an executive committee that is just so impassioned and so available. Honestly, I can WhatsApp them at 12 o'clock at night. They answer at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, because you, you
1: deal with people who are up 24 hours a day, frankly. As you as Rabbi Bender, anything? I'm sure, is up round the clock. I was just going to say, <laughs> I
12: want to give a major shout-out to Rabbi Baruch Bender from Achiezer.com. Who has he never just, sleeps? Never sleeps is always available. Has I, there are stories about him that are just unbelievable? That he's re, he's really a tzaddik. He's his father, Rabbi Yankel Bender, can be very proud of him. Dr. Hindi Klein from Ohel, right. always available. Dr. Marcel Bieberfeld from Maimonides, right. a legend, always available.
1: And there are a hundred others like I, this. I'm just
12: naming the exact. Right. Dr. Schindler, took Schindler from Pesach Tikva, who you're going to be interviewing. Right. Unbelievable. And Rabbi Becker from the Aguda. Right. Unbelievable people. But again, all the people on the task force and the ones we're going to mention now that have put together this amazing Revitens program that we're going to talk about in a minute, the passion and the commitment that all of these people on the task force have, it is an honor to be working with all of these people.
1: All right, my apologies to David Warmflash. We are going to get to him. We're dropped behind schedule and I appreciate his patience. All right. Uh, the 20th annual Rebbitzins Conference. First of all, I cannot believe <laughs> that we're doing this for 20 years already. It's unbelievable. Oh, uh, which is, of course, done in memory of Reb Shlomo Eliezer and Rav Yaakov Zakheim, who we remember fondly. The 20th annual Rebbitzins Conference Promoting and Enhancing Healthy Family Relationships is happening on Sunday, May the 19th. This is the Sunday before Lagba Omer, Sunday, May the 19th. It'll feature uh, Esther Wien, Torah educator and lecturer, Rabbi Daniil Frank, Marriage and Family Therapist in Private Practice, and the Esther Reisman from the Agurus Yisrael of Madison. It happens Sunday, May 19th, starting at 9.30 in the morning at The View, which is on Nostrand Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. There'll be a complimentary brunch. Uh, they need you to RSVP, and one of the reasons they need you to RSVP is because this thing usually sells out. This thing usually is an overflow crowd. Uh, Do you need to be a Rebbitson to be there, Dr. Zakai?
12: Okay, this is, like, very exciting. It is the (laughs) 20th annual conference, which really, for me, is hard to believe also, because that means you and I have been doing this for 20 years. Correct. Now, this conference is major because, if you notice, we changed venues. Right. We moved to a brand-new place called The View. The View in Brooklyn. It is stunning, glistening. It is so pretty. Easy access. You pull up on Nostrand Avenue, parking is good, and you literally do not have to walk up a million flights of steps. You don't have to walk down a million flights of steps. You walk into a fabulous-looking hall. So that's exciting that we're giving the Rebbitsons an opportunity to come to a brand-new place. Another thing that's very exciting is the fact that we have Esther Ween coming, who is just a brilliant woman. I think the Rebbitsons are going to love her. Esther Ween speaks about issues of the day. The one... The one issue that we're talking about this year is promoting and enhancing healthy family relationships. Who doesn't want to talk about healthy family relationships? And we know the key is to speak to the Rebbitzins because we have learned that the Rebbitzins are the ones that speak to the rabbis. Correct. So as long as we speak to our Rebbitzins, until we get our rabbis conference going, which is our next thing, (laughs) <laughs> We've got to get our rabbis. I don't know that the rabbis are going to come for lunch at The View. I'm kind of... W-
11: Zuck, please tell Nachum how we decided to meet the
1: rabbis. Plus, you have to remember, a lot Davis, of congregants right, speak yeah. to the Rebetzins. That's also very important. Yes, yes, so, yes, know. yes. But They're Dr. On the Dr. Front Rosesh- lines.
12: Yeah, yeah, the Rebetzins are on yeah. the front line. People speak to the Rebetzins. It's also, it's on a Sunday, which is very right. unusual. We decided to do a Sunday at 9.30 in the morning, so all the Rebetzins would come. But Dr. Rosenshine wants me to mention, I think it's really very important to mention that Rebson Weinberg from Baltimore, I don't know if you know from her, sure. from Nary Yisrael yeah. in Baltimore, one year we went Last to time. present at Nefesh, which is one of the member agencies, right. an agency that has thousands of Orthodox Jewish mental health workers. They're going to be here for an interview, Nachum, to talk about right. the Holocaust. One year we were at the Nefesh conference and we were talking about the message we need to give to the rabbis. And Rebberton Weinberg is all of, probably half your size, <laughs> Nachum. She stands up and she says, I know you think that the rabbis are going to listen to you, but realize that the rabbis really listen to us, the rabbisons. <laughs> so you should do a conference for rabbisons. And that was our first conference 20 years ago on account of Rebbitzin Weinberg, so that's a beautiful story. For
1: those who follow the news of the day, uh, it's become well known that a lot of rabbis listen to the Rebbitzins. But that's a, that's <laughs> that, but that's for another time. Go ahead. Oh, I'm no, sorry. You're so political. <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. I'm sorry.
12: So I would just like to say yes, an RSVP is definitely required because it's a lunch, right? It's or a brunch on a Sunday morning brunch, and I want to also on that Rebbitzin's committee, amazing, say thank you to Hannah White to Judy Steinick from the OU, to Ruchama Klappman from MASK, to Shane Gerwitz from Makar, to Aviva Hach from Magain, and, of course, Dr. Hindi Klein from OHEL. Right. They're just an incredibly committed um, committee. They're just there. They're wonderful. And this conference has put... There's been a lot of work put into it. Again, it's on May 19th. It's at The View. It's with Dina Ween and with Rabbi Daniel Frank. The topic es- is... Wien. Oh, Esther Wien, right. thank you. Um, the, thank you so much, Nachman. No that, that's why you do what you do and I do <laughs> what I do. <laughs> the topic is promoting and enhancing healthy family relationships. Brunch will be served. RSVP is necessary. And we would love to see everybody there. Rebitson Reisman is the initial, the first Rebitson that started this. She's the hosting Rebitson. Her father was just Nifter, so oh, she is that. sitting shiver. Rabbi Spitzer. Rabbi Spitzer yeah. Rabbi Our Spitzer. condolences. An amazing Rebbe, an amazing person. Um, so we sh- we hope that she has a Nahama.
1: Phone number for information 212 613 8188. The 20th Annual Robinsons Conference happens on the 19th of May. You could also uh, contact Robinson Judy Steinig and RSVP via email. Steinig J, that's initial J, Steinig J at OU.org. You could also register online by going to oucommunity.org. Community.org. It's Sunday, May the nineteenth. This really does sell out, folks. So if you're a Rebbetzin out there who wants to attend, make sure to get in touch with all these, uh, with one of these methods of uh, RSVPing as soon as possible. Ten o'clock today, just over an hour from now, the initial broadcast of the uh, of the program called "Our Community with the United Task Force." I get this opportunity to speak with a different agencies. In fact, the Agudah Susserl starts us off today. I'm
12: very excited. You're going to have Rabbi Becker today from the Agudah. I've who- gotten
1: to know him a little bit. I said to him, you're so nice. There's no way you're from New York. And, of course, he says he's from Milwaukee. Uh, uh. So I was right. Uh. But, but he's really a nice man. And uh, we'll have an opportunity to speak today at 10 o'clock during I'm that I'm program. Some,
11: again, for me, this week an unbelievable week because I'm back in your studio. I do have to complain that since you moved into this fancy studio here, not once was I invited even to the opening, but it's a real mazel tough. And Thank I you. think I'm going to suggest to Dr. Zakheim that we're going to find out how many of these Holocaust people need NSN and we're going to get it for them. Well, that- I'm going to bring that up as a topic. I think we should get all the Holocaust people with NSN apps. I want to tell everybody how I got the NSN apps. I don't know how to play with any of this stuff. Guess what? Dr. Siegel sent his son to my house. The Chassan. Wow. The Chassan Benjamin. Oh Mazeltov. Yeah, the wedding meal session was coming up. So we have to do this for the Holocaust survivors. We've got to get him an SNAP. You know, it,
1: it's sometimes hard to tell if Dr. Rosenstein is speaking tongue-in-cheek or not, but you and I did discuss.
11: That no, it- I meant it. What do you mean
1: tongue-in-cheek? Right. I, okay, okay Dr., I just pointed out that sometimes we don't know. That's all. But, <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that you said it seriously. Dr. Rosenstein, that was but, very, very nice. But my, thank you for saving me, Fagin. To
12: say that Ben Siegel went there and hey, actually, can you imagine? he for Doctor We're no. so excited about that he's engaged. That's right to this beautiful girl.
1: But I will tell you something. Yeah, you and I discussed, and it's not a crazy idea that maybe down the road we will think of a way to literally distribute tablets to Holocaust survivors so that they press a button. And 24 hours a day, they can hear programming like this. So,
12: it's amazing. As you're talking, it's a Dr. Rosenstein we'll just pulled out his, his, his tablet to show <laughs> me that he's got it. I actually went. Somebody When I was here the other time, right. somebody told me, you could pick up a tablet for 40 bucks. I got one, a tablet online for $40. I set it up for my mother, Woo! and she has jam in
11: the
1: end. There you go. Yeah. hope she's
11: listening right now. Under yeah, the worst so condition, much. we'll come here and make an appeal for the tablets for the Holocaust people. Go. I'll be back here.
12: You see? Yeah. What a practical
1: man, I'm telling you. <laughs> my thanks to both Dr. Rosenshine and Dr. The uh, Reviton's conference information, you know what you got to do. Uh, you got to go to oucommunity.org or RSVP by dialing 212-613-8188. And remember... Uh, 10 o'clock today, the initial inaugural program of our community with the United Task Force. If you're not able to hear it at 10 o'clock, remember, those shows are archived within minutes of when they air, which means you can just go to our website at nothomesingle.com or the NSN app and access the archive and listen whenever you wish. That's how it works. I thank both of you very much.
12: Nachem, this was just so much fun. I thank thank you you so much. And you are such a wonderful gift to the Jewish community. Thank you. May Hashem continue to give you the strength to continue to be the person that we all need. And these Holocaust survivors, you're saving their lives because you are in their homes. Thank you. Well, we hope to connect with
1: them and to really give them some uh, enrichment uh, for their lives. And I thank you for that. Uh, More coming up. It's JM in the AM. (laughs)
0: Van de roefgeigel. soy voye xuma ya tu a ya doilon achemishmoi sais i tu
1: a.m. in the a.m. there's a brand new book out there and it's uh, really done beautifully it is uh, it's called moon moon in reference to the actual moon yeah the area the moon uh in fact we just had the new moon yesterday for those of you who follow the uh who follow rosh chodesh Uh, David Warmflash is the author of Moon, an Illustrated History from Ancient Myths to the Colonies of Tomorrow. And he is with us live via telephone uh, here on a um, a Tuesday morning. Astrobiologist and science writer, David Warmflash, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi,
14: thank you for having me on the show.
1: Appreciate you joining us. Um, You know, once we saw what your book is about... Knowing how important the moon is to our tradition and the Jewish tradition, I said we have to have you on the air. I'm not quite sure uh, if one would say there's a real Jewish angle to your book, but I felt it's important for our community to hear you. Would you say there is, in fact, an angle for our tradition in your book? I, I would
14: say there is because there are a lot of angles in the book. It's not a Jewish book. It's a book about the moon, and it's out because of the coming 50th anniversary of the first human landing on the moon, which took place on July 20th, 1969. Uh, And I found that I've gone on different shows, and I've been able to put a different angle on it, depending on the audience of the show. So I was on recently, a few weeks ago, on the British Interplanetary Society's uh, podcast, and I found as I went through the topics, oh, I got a U.K. angle because there are different <laughs> moments in the history of the moon that happened to apply to the U.K. I've got other angles. And it's because the moon goes back all through human history and it's touched so many uh, parts of humanity. And so, of course, it's going to touch Judaism. It's going to touch the Jews because it's a it's a lunar tradition. It's a... the the calendar we're in a new lunar month as you
1: know yep it's not i was i was
14: actually a loony solar calendar and there's an interesting history to how that loony solar calendar came about
1: i was gonna ask if you knew i was gonna ask if you knew that yesterday was the new moon But I guess. Well,
14: I know I'm a moon person, (laughs) and I'm sitting uh, outside so I won't wake up my family because I'm on the West Coast.
1: Oh, is that funny? It's a
14: moonless morning because we're in the new moon.
1: Because the, I mean, I'm sure you know that in our tradition, each time there is a new moon, it's it's a minor holiday in Jewish tradition. Yeah, it's a really big. And
14: actually, I have in the book I mentioned, for example, how it used to it used to be required that there were witnesses to the right. new moon correct. until the uh, the monitoring uh, the lunar astronomy got accurate enough correct and the way to to figure out that accuracy it's not just jews who figured that out it was also muslims because they needed to have they also depend on the moon and
1: and and, was, and, uh, and with that in mind yesterday <laughs> being the new moon yeah. and based on their cycle ramadan has begun
14: yeah yeah, and if you notice that Ramadan uh, is that something that always comes at the beginning of May or the end of April? No, no. it can no. happen anytime. time. Right. You can have Ramadan in the summer, in the well, winter. Well, it's always
1: it's always a month earlier. Next year will be Aprilish, and the year next after that will be Marchish, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> it keeps getting you know it goes that way around the calendar.
14: Because that's a pure lunar calendar, right. and that's actually the way that things started out. Right. It all started in ancient Mesopotamia with the Sumerians. You needed a way to tell time, and it's, in, it's a when you have an agricultural tradition, as you did throughout the world in all the river valley situations. There was the called a Third Dynasty of or, uh some about 42 to 4300 years ago. And it, the, as things got more organized in society, they needed a different way to something that was predictable. In ancient Egypt, you had the star Sirius. Which is the brightest star in the sky that you, in the northern sky that you can see from actually in any sky throughout our planet, and when Sirius would rise, they knew the Nile was about to flood, but they didn't have that Mesopotamia, so they used the moon, and different cities started using the moon as a calendar uh but if you look at the lunar cycle. So it's 29, it's about 29.53 days. You can't have half a day on a calendar because it's ridiculous to do things that way. So gradually over centuries, some cities started using, we'll have a 13th month, but they did it here and there. And by the time you get to Hammurabi's time in the 18th century BCE, so you'll have a city... Oh, let's do a 13th month this year. Oh, let's another city. Let's do a 13th month this year. And it wasn't very organized till you get to the 8th century BCE under the reign of Nabonassar of Babylon. He may have been more of a governor because there was a really powerful Assyrian king Tiglath-Pileser III who ruled basically the whole world. That was the time when the Assyrian empire moved in all directions and you get trouble in both kingdoms of, of uh, Shomron and Yehuda. They they have trouble with him, and that's sort of the decline of everything. Right. But there was a Babylonian who was uh, ruling, kind of within the Babylonian domain during that time of Assyrian power, and he was kind of pro astronomy. If anyone could be pro science in those days, if that made sense, it was Nabonassar and he had his astronomers go back through records. Babylonians were really good record keepers. And they had data recorded on clay tablets in cuneiform script. And they went back and they found, they counted and they added everything up. And they found that every 235 lunar cycles, you get a repeat of the solar year. And this was a way to to get the solar year and the lunar year into sync.
9: We've right, I, I, and, and been I,
14: trying to do that for centuries. And that's how he came up with his nineteen year cycle.
1: Right,
13: which
14: and is the what cycle we, the Greeks later came up with it. That's called the Metonic cycle. Which is what we later Samuel of Nehardea, Shmuel Bar Abba, made that into the Jewish
1: calendar. And that's what we follow now, the nineteen year cycle. And I remind everybody that this year we've had the two months of Adar. This year we had an extra 13th month. Very limited time, my fault, I apologize, with David Warmflash, author of Moon, An Illustrated History. With that in mind, let me ask you a couple of quick things. First of all, you know, we, those of us who are fascinated with space travel, uh, really, really love the second half of your book because a lot of it is, you know, details about the history that we're somewhat familiar with, including, you know, Sputnik, Explorer, Apollo, Mm -hmm. etc. But the first half of your book, (laughs) whoever would have realized that there was that much discovery uh, between ancient times and, let's say, I don't know, the 1500s, you know, 1600s, about different aspects of the moon and that there was so much attention paid to, you know, to discovering, so to speak, the moon. And you have a tremendous number of details about that, and I think that's another fascinating part of the book.
14: Yeah, I, I bring up uh, different people. In fact, for your show, for your listeners, you might want to hear about Rolborg was an astronomer. But as you know, he's also a commentator right. in the Tanakh, and the Talmud. Uh, a, there's a crater named for him on the moon, the Rabbi Levy Crater.
5: Are you serious? Uh, he
14: made some amazing discoveries. It's not totally clear how he did it. His methods don't really come through. And he lived, unfortunately, in a time and location where he wasn't at the center of astronomy. So that may be why he, he believed in astrology. There were some Jewish scholars leading up to that. Uh, well, Ramban, Maimonides rejected astrology. He was in the Arabic world where you already had people, astronomers, and you could tell by what they were writing that they knew astrology was bunk. There was a guy named Al-Biruni in the 11th century, and there was another, another astronomer, Al-Tusi, and they worked officially as astrologers for emperors. Uh, that was where their paycheck came from, and they would get the funds, because they were paid to the astrologers, funds to build these great observatories, and they'd do their serious work, and their emperors didn't really understand what was going on. And in the morning, they'd say, how did it go last night with the astrology? You got my battle horoscope ready? And they'd say, oh, yeah, 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 have, have your battle today, and they would do their serious work. Uh, Maimonides rejected that, but in the Christian world where Raul Bogh was living, to him, astrology was part of science, and he, that influenced his commentary, because he had an idea that, well, you take a scientific approach to explain what you would call miracles. Uh, but he also did pure astronomy, because astronomy and astrology were kind of mixed together. And using some method where he tracked the moon very carefully in terms of its brightness and its size, comparing that with... Changes in the planet Mars, he was able to get an estimate uh, to the distance of stars of the Big Dipper. He didn't get it exactly right, but he had the order of magnitude right, seeing what we would call the distance of 10 to 100 light years. So he was kind of getting to the ballpark. And that was really, would have been really important if astronomers knew about it throughout the world, because not knowing the distance to the stars is the main reason why. For centuries, people were following the idea of Aristotle and Claudius Ptolemy, who, especially Ptolemy, who used Aristotle's philosophy and then put math into it and came up with a model showing that Earth is at, well, based on the idea that Earth is at the center. Of the universe and not moving because if you don't know the distance to the stars you don't see what's called stellar parallax where you can look at how the shapes of the constellations are changing as Earth moves around the Sun and because they were not able to measure parallax until the 19th century really with Friedrich Bessel was able to do it with one star people didn't follow the idea that well the earth goes around the Sun there was a Greek astronomer it, Aristarchus.
1: Yeah, I got I got I got to interrupt you. I yeah. apologize. David Warmflash is with us. The book is called Moon an Illustrated History from Ancient Myths to the Colonies of Tomorrow. I assume it's available everywhere, am I right about that?
14: It's available uh it's it's available cosmically. Yeah, all the major bookstores and online, and Amazon, and Barnes & Noble, and you can find it if you just Google it. And today is the launch day. You're getting me. You're the first. (laughs) This is the first group of listeners who's hearing about it today when the book is actually out and launched.
1: I like how you called it launch day. That's pretty cool. Finally, we have a one minute to go. Finally, what do you think of Israel's efforts to get to the moon a couple of weeks back?
14: It was it was great. You've got to look at it from a positive perspective. In 1959, when the Soviet Union became the first nation to get something to the moon, it was basically a crash, a less controlled crash than the Breishi probe. Uh, they, it was the Luna 2 mission, and boy, did Nikita Khrushchev, the the, uh, the leader of the Soviet Union, rub that in the face of Americans. Look, we touched the moon. It's really hard to get to the moon. And it was a little computer glitch causing the engine to cut off, uh, and it was done on the cheap. It was a lot of firsts in that mission. There were a lot of things that could go wrong, and a lot of things went right. There would have been some good science. There was an instrument called a magnetometer, which would have helped uh, give us some insight about the moon's origins and about the magnetic environment in that area where it was supposed to land in the same area where uh, the Apollo 11 astronauts uh,
13: explored.
1: All right, you can check all this out, everybody. The history of the moon from billions of years ago, quote-unquote, to today. David Warmflash, today's the launch of his book, Moon, an Illustrated History from Ancient Myths to the Colonies of Tomorrow. David, thank you so much for joining us this morning. A mazel tov on the release.
14: Thank you. Congratulations on your son's wedding. <laughs> I
1: appreciate that very, very much. Acheinu b'Yisrael and achim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and on the Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, as we mentioned, uh, first of all, um, uh, Leon Goldenberg's presentation on Yom HaShoah is next on JM Rewind. Right after that, the brand new Our Community with the United Task Force, which again will today will feature the Agudas uh, Israel of America's Rabbi Becker, and we'll have a chance to speak about Holocaust survivors and programs for them. Uh, I thank you all for tuning in, and thanks to all of our guests this morning. Tomorrow is Yom HaZikaron. Tomorrow is Israel Memorial Day. Also, as I mentioned, the uh, funeral of Dr. Vivian Mann is going to be taking place at 1230 today, Amsterdam Avenue and 90th Street. Our condolences to Miriam L. Wallach on the loss of her mother and, of course, condolences to the entire family from all of us here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.